It's been seven years and 15 months since Ireland last scored a goal. Uh, Stephen Kenny's reign has gotten off to, I suppose, a damp start uh, if we're going by scorelines anyway. My name is Mark Farley. As always, I'm joined by Johnny Mahoney, Mick McCarthy and Gary Connaughton to look back at the Finland defeat. As I'm deflated, we were deflated last Thursday. I'm even more deflated now. Um, I don't know about that. but I, Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> Like it's 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 one of those things as well that you can look at it two ways. That you can be the kind of eternal optimist who's saying, "Look, we're still playing well, and we've got young lads coming into the team, and we've thirteen players out injured as far as or well out of the team one way or another, as far as we could tell." And you know, but at the same time, not scoring again and losing to Finland for a second time in a couple of months, it is hard to see the positive. Though I promise, by the end of this podcast, we will be raring to go for our next international window. Hopefully, like um, like that's the thing. It's uh, even now I'm like wondering when I was when I was saying that I was like it's a it's been a poor start. When it, the score lines are concerned, it has been good in terms of the fact that we've gotten plenty of possession. We've uh, we've created chances. We're just not taking them. And I keep hearing that the chances will, will when these chances eventually will turn. We will score goals. But Gary, why? What 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 is the reason behind that? Uh, Behind that that cliche, nearly that you know, this is oh yeah, it's bound to but bound to just start putting them away. Uh, like we are, like I don't know how, how we can talk about this without falling into cliche, but we like, we have been creating the chances, and I don't know, like there's obviously a slice of luck involved there. Like when the goal when the Finland goalkeeper pulls out a save like that in the ninety third minute to stop a header, a blank from blank point range going in, like it's what can you do? You just have to hold your hands up and say it's not going to be your night. But like I don't know, I think we're just lacking a bit in forward areas, but like. Again, that is the hardest thing for a coach to change, and it's yeah. going to take time. And like, it's not going to happen overnight. But that's that's what not what anyone wants to hear. But it's just yeah. the facts. Like, we should quantify it though, because is everyone will always come on and say, "Oh, we had the chances," and then it's like, "What did we actually have?" Like, I mean, Shane Duffy header the ball, free header from six yards over the bar. Aaron Conlon. He was in twice on goal. One time where I think he thought he was offside. Second time, probably not as easy a shot, but he hit straight, both straight at the goalkeeper. You had um, Matt Doherty with a really good chance out on the on the right side of the box, which he hit wide. You had that uh, Ronan Curtis chance. I think I'm forgetting one or two, and this is all just in the second half. Like Matt you know, Doherty what I mean? Matt Doherty had a header as well, which was a tough chance. But again, it's just a, it was a chance to score. And you know, you add all those things together, and it's like that is a lot in probably about 25 minutes of football really mm. that's the latter half of the second half um, where Ireland got it all oh it's the end of Stevens hitting the crossbar sorry as well where he found himself in the box and a lovely little idea but probably actually should have scored you know um, considering he did what he did um, so I'm sorry but like we've all watched enough football to know that some days those go in and some days they don't we definitely aren't going to be prolific we don't have a Robbie Keane for want of a you know as he said we will resort to cliche him being a cliche these days but like we don't have I don't think Aaron Connolly is going to be that guy I don't think Dave McGoldrick certainly isn't and you know I don't think any of other forward players are going to be prolific but we, like we make enough chances to score goals just in a normal course of a match one or two of those goes in we get one or two goals a goal goes in early for Ireland completely different match we just haven't had it's just it's weird that we played five games of football and none of that has happened yet in any of them you know despite us playing well uh, Gary I'll put this to you were Ireland the better team in all five matches we've played under Stephen Kenny and Um, uh, let's say these three actually because the first two were a mess really with the preseason I think we were the better team I would say in in these three I think 
the only one we probably weren't a better team in was when we played Finland at home in the first game. I think That's against true, Bulgaria, yeah. we were probably the better team as well. But uh, I'd say probably, yeah. Maybe I'm probably a bit biased, but like they've yeah. created more, they created more chances than the other three teams in all the three games. So yeah, probably even know. enough, I think, against Slovakia. But look, get involved in the comments, everybody, with your thoughts on the game so far. Did you watch the Finland game this evening? What did you make of it? Did we deserve at least a draw? Probably deserved a win. But of course, look, as Mick McCarthy would say, you got to get results. Uh, Johnny, you've been keeping a keen eye on social media throughout the game as well. What do you see? What's kind of the verdict that's out there? I mean, there seem to be two kind of competing uh, themes. There's a lot of people in the media and I guess maybe League of Ireland people who seem to be saying, you know, give Kenny time, the goals will come, have patience. And then I think there's a sort of hardened, cynical Ireland fan reaction, which is sort of like, uh, we're screwed, this isn't working, this isn't going anywhere. So, um, you know, in that sense, it, these are the two kind of extremes of Irish fandom. We, we do have a poll up on Ball Study at the moment that says, uh, you know, asking people for their take on where we're at after five matches. And 67% of people think that people are, that Stephen Kenny's making progress compared to about 33% who say we're going nowhere. So I think people are gen, generally optimistic. I do just wonder though, like at, one, at what point do these sort of results become sort of more than more than just a trend and become part almost like part of the culture uh, of, the, of, of Kenny's management time. I wonder is there almost like an element of bad luck or bad fate to this? If you think of what COVID took away from Ireland over the last couple of matches and it's like five games now, there's a lot of, there's a lot to look at. There's a lot to be kind of uh, feel excited about. I guess, but like, you know, even the goal, like there's so much focus on what's happening in front of the goal for Ireland but in, in attack, but that defense, like that, uh, the, the, the goal kick by Randolph, like that wasn't a kind of thing we would have been attempting uh, six months ago. And I just wonder to like, is, yeah. is, is this too ambitious of a project? I was saying Kerry Horan is in the comments to Facebook saying, what, 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 with what's at his disposal, he's doing a good job, in my opinion. Give him time. We need a proven goal scorer. And when the goals start to come in, we'll do all right under a stewardship. Give the man time. I'm sure people thought that we, um, I'm sure people thought that we were going to change suddenly overnight, but obviously we're not. Yeah, someone was telling me that Michael O'Neill didn't win any of his first ten matches as Northern Ireland manager, which is a uh, you know I think I think everybody will say he's probably Northern Ireland's best manager of all time. Maybe you're definitely up there in the top two, and uh, you know he had time and he made it work, right? And he's someone with a League of Ireland background as well, so maybe the, it just takes a little bit of time to install a new thing. But I think Donnie, to your point, right? And I'm not saying it's your point really, but it is. It is other people sometimes with the kind of a we we're crap so therefore we should always be crap and yeah. we should do things in this kind of uh you know straightforward way because it's our players don't have brains and they're not able to play any other way but it's a false choice because this idea that if we were playing the other way we would be doing better we've no way of knowing that and Darren Randolph might have given might not have given away that goal but if we were being peppered with crosses and pressure for 85 of the 90 minutes we were playing against Finland until they eventually scored you know because we can't keep any possession we've no interest in playing playing with the ball we always are without the ball that Ireland conceded goals that way the whole time as well you know what I mean so sometimes it's a player issue both at the back and at, at up front but we may as well like we're just trying to play a different way I don't think it's necessarily a choice between oh you don't give away that goal if mm-hmm. you're playing Mick McCarthy's way 
Kieran Basquiel is in the comments saying left Collins out of the squad despite a regular being a regular goal scorer across the last four seasons with Luton Town. He'd have definitely put a few chances away that we had. Everyone complaining about not having a goal scorer. Stephen Comer says until midfield is sorted, we won't be going to any tournament. That's been a massive problem for years and no one can sort it out. Mike Quinn says, I think that they've been unfortunate, to be honest. Results haven't mirrored the performances. They're des- they desperately need a clinical finisher, though. Agree completely. Yeah. With the clinical finisher thing, how many countries in world football outside the top 10 have what you describe as a top-class goal scorer? Like, very few of them. Like, Timu Puki, who was a decent Premier League striker, can be clinical at, at international level. He scored a load of goals for Finland, basically got them to the Euros by himself. You know, Ireland have had one in their history. How many, like, islands of our, our countries of our size have had goal scorers like that? So it's all about developing a system that puts the players that we do have in the best possible chances to score, which I think is something we have done. I think it's something that's going to get better. It's just going to take time. You know, I, I know what you're saying about it's, it's when is it going to become a problem? And it's always been a problem. It's been a problem for the last 10 years. It's just now we're creating more chances to miss, whereas before we weren't creating any. I don't know, I like... I think it's obviously we want to win games and we want to score goals and we want to see instant results, but it's just not going to happen that way. We need to have time. And like you're saying about Michael Neen, Nick McCarthy didn't win his first eight games in charge when he was in, first, in his first stint as Ireland manager either. So, yeah, I just don't understand people giving out already. I think it's way too early to be doing that, you know? There was a sense when Randolph did that, like that the mistake came from something like that, that the most annoying thing for me was that immediately it gives credence to that that 30 something percent Donnie that you were saying that mm-hmm. I look I mean I don't want to be unfair but there's a part of me that thinks they want this to happen you know and it's like I look and I let's pick apart Stephen Kenny's well because I don't want to be just like saying everything he does is perfect and let's give him time yeah. forever and we never win a match we're just talking about a general thing of this is moving in the right direction we're not saying one it's, perfect. Make, it's far it's, from perfect one thing they'll make says I haven't seen that maybe I'm wrong but I didn't see anybody given out that Darren Randolph played the ball out from the back and we conceded a goal. Anyone that's been critical are criticising the results and us not getting the results rather than just, oh, here, we shouldn't be playing the ball out of the back just because we conceded a goal. Okay, it's one well, of those that's... things that I think people who are on the other side of the fence, and yeah. might, <laughs> you might admit to being this, are straight away go, it's that one of the things of, oh, no, hold on, don't you, no, 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 don't, don't be giving out about that, whereas nobody actually is, you know? Well, like, I don't, I don't agree that kind of people aren't giving out about that. Like, well, I, maybe I didn't see too much of it is because I've been purposely not on social media because we come on to do this and I stayed away from my phone but uh, during the Wales match it was exactly like that it was the problem was we were playing tippy tappy and we're you know and that like you know we don't have the players to play this way this was a hundred percent the reaction to a lot of these people and it seems to be that there's just a the, the, uh, some people have the attitude that Ireland shouldn't try to be like other countries we should be or as good as, I don't mean obviously like in, a, in terms of aping other countries, we should obviously be our own style, but we shouldn't, we don't have the confidence or the ability or the self-esteem among, you know, to go and play our own way. We have to do things in the most rudimentary way possible and the uh, caveman football, because that's the only way we can get results because we're not good enough. And I think there's an attitude there that's borderline self-hating Irish fan. And look, to be honest, I can understand why they've had it because they've had to watch that dross for the last 15, 20, 30 years even. And, you know, you can see where it comes from. But we're trying to something new let's try something new because it hasn't worked what the hell have we done in the last 20 years we made two tournaments since your since work up 2002 and one of them we were the worst team we, we shouldn't it was embarrassment and then the other one we did okay 
you know, we're not qualifying. We're not doing anything as it is. So let's try something new, you know? Yeah. But I think, I think just the question is like, is it working or is it not? And when can we start to, you know, when do we have enough evidence to start to say, well, this is working, there's progress, but actually maybe we don't have the personnel without like a sort of this sort of goal scoring striker to actually do this, to play this way. I like, well, I'm suggesting we've, we've done better than we would have done and that results have been a bit random and weird and there's no saying they wouldn't have happened the other way. Mm. Would, we, would we be in any better of a position if we played crap in the four games but somehow managed to squeak a 1-0 win in Bulgaria and, I don't know, drew 0-0 with Finland at home instead of losing 1-0? Would we be in any better of a position realistically? Like, as long I, as I, think, I think it's unfair to compare, the, to compare these performances against fictional performances from the past. We know... Like we, I think everybody's agreeing in agreement that this is like a step forward, and everybody likes what the kind of football they were watching. But like, there's a I think to me there's a growing question of like, you know, is is it, is it working? Like, you know, um, the, the, I understand there's luck and there's randomness involved, but like, there's thirteen I, players out. I don't, yeah, all that kind of stuff. We but like, on an eighteen-year-old today. But there's, you know, there's also five games of evidence and like, I don't know, I, I just like, to me, I, I, you'd like to see, you just like, would like to see a goal. goal. <laughs> well, I think we're all looking <laughs> Yeah. Jeffrey, there's also, I suppose the other discussion is like, and it, it seems to be very black and white and this has turned into like, as all things do, these days, um, very my camp versus your camp and these are the two ways is it doing things the, the two you know the two tactics in football aren't just either sit back and lump it long and hope that we get a knock on and play tiki tacky football and have 85% possession and hope that the ball eventually goes in because we created 100 chances like I think David Myler was decent in uh, his analysis of it talking about when Ireland played quickly along the ground like as in what Randolph was doing as in get a quick kick out get the ball moving a few passes, get it in, in behind quickly, run at the defence, get Finland running backwards towards their own goal, that we were creating chances that way. When we actually slowed it up and went through the 50 passes and going nowhere, we weren't actually managing to create any chances. So that is another thing that maybe, it's not necessarily that, oh, let's just throw this baby out with the bathwater, but that we need to tweak it a little bit. But the reason they're playing those passes is to try and draw the opposition defence out of play so that they can play the balls in the mm. And I also, he was talking about just trying a bit more, or he was talking about you know, playing with urgency that is not yeah. just, but, you know, like that. that that's fair know, enough, th- but you can't play like that all the time. There will be yeah. spells in game where you have to yeah. keep the ball. I would argue there was a nice balance there, I have to say. I think yeah. they did that at times. They got, they got like, if you look at, it, at the Wales game, like the best chance they had in the first half was because they were patient, 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 and then opened them up. You know, and maybe that was the Slovakia game, actually, sorry, that I, I'm thinking of. But, like, you know, that's just, that happens. But they also play quick balls. And then there was a load of crosses and stuff like that. Like, the, the, all the chances we mentioned earlier were all, like, you know, bodies in the box. You know what I mean? It's not as if this idea that it is one or the other and that Kenny plays beautiful football and we don't do it. Ireland get the ball in the box loads. They had 25 crosses against Slovakia or something, or 22, maybe 23. Yeah, yeah they're just look, doing it in a different way. There is a mountain of comments coming in as well on Facebook. There's Martin Donnell's has lost to some pretty average teams. Losing to Finland twice was pretty poor. That Slovakia team was an average team at best and still couldn't beat them. I've nothing against Stephen. Kenny and delighted he got his chance but it clearly isn't working so far we have decent players at present and should be doing better um, uh, 
Colin O'Donnell says, say what you want, but no Irish soccer team should ever lose to Finland, who are rubbish, very poor. There's obviously lots of comments in coming the in saying the same thing, <laughs> saying the same thing about uh, no in terms Irish of giving soccer. Kenny more time and that we've been playing well, just not getting the rub of the green. I think Owen McCann's comment, uh, I think, is the best so far. He says, best way forward is to form a committee of social media commentators to manage Ireland and secure qualification <laughs> for the next World Cup. Yeah, it's sorted. <laughs> Come here, people are saying it's an excuse every time you mention the fact. Like, and everybody's missing people, fair enough, right? But our best centre half is missing by a mile, right? A captain and right back who I genuinely think, like, is maybe he wouldn't be playing, maybe he would be. I think he would have been for these games, right? Uh, you've got who else are we missing? <laughs> We're missing our main striker. Like, our main striker are, you know, one of our two. We probably have three wingers that are playing, that are in and out of the team. Two of them are gone. You Jack know, Burn. just midfielders. No. Jack Byrne wasn't. <laughs> I feel like we're going round in circles here, just yeah. talking about the same thing. Who's to blame? Like, what are we doing? Just, I'm just saying Gary, the fact that we're, just, we're saying Ireland should be beating Finland. It's only Ireland's second team, really. Like you know. <laughs> yeah, but then I suppose we're talking about five games as well as a whole. Like Slovakia were missing uh, yeah. some of their yeah. best players as well, but uh, because of COVID as well. Gary, in terms of tonight, you did the player ratings. They're up on site now. Anybody can check them out if they want to read them all. But who are your standout performers? Give us your top three performances of the night. Something that you know that we can finish on a positive. Okay, uh, I'll go from third to first. I thought the third best player was, well, I, I'll give I'll give the tied third. Jason Malumbi and Daryl O'Shea, I thought both played really well. I thought O'Shea was really impressive, the way he was willing to come out of the defence, both on the ball and off the ball, to press the ball carrier. He was really unlucky with their goal as well, that he kind of got blocked with, and it just kind of rebounded up to the man. Uh, to Jensen and he got in but I thought he was really good on his debut Malumbi was probably not quite as good as he was against Wales but it was all the same energy that stuff and I think that's the main problem with the Ireland team at the minute is we're lacking energy in midfield if we had three Jason Malumbis, I think we'd be such a better team and I know it's easy to say that that we had three of our, any of our best players but I just think Howerton doesn't have the legs to play he's great on the ball sometimes but he just doesn't have the legs to do what Stephen Kenny wants him to do in terms of pressing the opposition when we're out of the ball. And that cut, cut plays into what you're talking about as well, Mark, where you're breaking a pace and stuff. So, And then Hendrick, I, I don't think he is he does that either. So uh, I was really impressed with him. Anyway, I'm getting a bit off topic. But uh, yeah, they're my third best. I don't know what you think if I was right. We have to wait and see who's two or... and one as well, I suppose. <laughs> to make sure okay, that, well, yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, I can't I play with yeah, I thought uh, Matt Doherty was probably our second best there. Uh, I thought he was very quiet for the first half an hour, but grew into the game a bit towards the end of the first half. And then in the second half, you know, he was he had the header, he had a shot from the edge of the box, he had a few great crosses in. Uh, so he was really threatening and looks like he was trying to make things happen. And then I thought Aaron Connolly was the best player on the pitch. He's like, I he from the very first minute he just wanted to make things happen for Ireland. It's been so long since we've had a player like that who's willing to try difficult things, take the responsibility himself. And he wants he wants the responsibility of carrying the team. And he looks like he thrives off it. And he just I'm hoping that once he gets one goal, yeah, that it's just the monkey's gonna be lifted off his back. I know he's only played five games, four and a half games for Ireland, so it's not as if he's on a mad bar run or anything. But I think once he gets that first goal, he really kick on. So I thought he was our best player by far tonight, to be honest. Verdict, lads, do you agree? Disagree? I'd agree with that. I think Connolly was great. I would I'd actually the Heron point is the most interesting to me. It would I question why he played three hundred minutes over the last yeah. uh you know, over the last week. It's a it's it is an interesting I it's he he played every minute, like I think. Um and I kind of agree with Gary, I have to say. I don't know if he fits into this team. But yeah, for me, Connolly 
like this, the, you do you realized in minute one that we haven't seen him over the course of the last week. You know, it was like yeah. it was like Jesus, yeah, God, where was this guy? He definitely brings you something completely different. He the one thing with him sometimes is that he is a bit. Uh, he's looking to shoot first time every time, like every every the first instinct of him is a shot, and I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. In that sometimes, like you know, like say when he give the shot, give that pass to Maguire that Maguire miscontrolled. He, I think the thing was that he was shaping up for a shot and changed money the last second, se- second. So he over hit the pass slightly. It was coming at very uh, a lot of pace to Maguire. But then we're just talking. We spent the last 15 minutes on needing to take more chances and needing a goal scorer. So it's kind of great to see that, that someone's, yeah. will, you know, the minute someone gets the ball, the first thing they're looking, even when Doherty took his shot and missed that chance, you could see uh, Connolly was kind of going mad because he was after breaking it in front of goal. He wanted to ball pulled across the box and maybe that's it it's just we need a few to him and the likes of Troy Parrott or uh, uh, Adam Eda say when we get a bit more when they get a bit more experience in a year or two it, maybe it will actually be a bit of a brighter future in terms of uh, a strike partnership up there to, lads that can that can get involved in the box get and just finish you know finishers rather than like David yeah. Goldrick is brilliant at holding the ball up getting others involved but he needs someone else around him yeah, absolutely. I think it's very important that these guys are playing games together as well. You know what I mean? They've played most, a lot of them have played somewhere close to five games together. I'm not sure anyone's made every game, but you know that they're been around camp like that. This, that's a second longish camp now. We've got another one in a month, depending on look. The world might change that situation, but you know, and then we're into the World Cup qualifiers where you really think by that stage they'll have found their feet. And you know, hopefully, anyway, there's a sense that, like, Enda Stevens was talking a bit about that yesterday that, like, you know, these guys that they, they, they know each other a little bit more. They're playing, there's a lot of new people in this squad. This isn't, regardless of playing a new style of football, it's also a new squad. You know what I mean? You're talking about half the people from uh, from mixed time and then everybody else, Jason Malumbi. Yeah. Like, Jason Malumbi looks like he's going to anchor the Ireland midfield for the next 10 years, like, straight away after just the last two, after the last uh, three days or four days or whatever it is um, that we've seen him there, you know, but he hasn't been playing with all these guys except for the under 21. So like, this will take time as well. What do we think seven, about seven, sorry, I was just going to say there's seven players under the 21 or younger in the match day squad today. And that's not even counting a couple of lads who were like 23, 24. So anyway, sorry. Well, he's about to throw in a hand right here. Uh, <laughs> Before we go, like what, it, Hendrik, another, what, 90 minutes there? What do people... 75. Okay, did he... He seems to have divided opinion again from looking at some of the Facebook comments. <laughs> yeah. Mick, how many times have we had this conversation with Jeff Hendrick and he infuriates us because we know that there's all... Even when he plays well, you know that there's so much there, so much more there. And mm-hmm. I think it was, a case, it was that again tonight. There was at times where he looked really good and he was getting in these... He was getting in great positions. He had that chance in the first half that was blocked down. Um, and then there was just other times where he'd pick up the ball and he'd take two or three more touches than he had to take, or he'd play a wayward pass to a man that was already after moving on to another 10 yards. So I think it was, it's, it's been the same performance we've seen, basically. You can copy and paste it, his performances for the last three years, I think, yeah. really. You can copy and paste what I said about him on Sunday and any other time I've ever talked about him. Same thing. You just want always more from him, but it doesn't mean he's not doing anything well. It doesn't mean he's a nothing player that you think he's rubbish. It's because you want them to be Ireland's best player. 
and he so rarely is, you know, and that might be an unrealistic expectation, but in a way it's a compliment to him, you know, um, and it's not, again, just waiting back for like the, the two performances he had in Euro 2016, you know, five years ago. It's what we see in him in flashes all the time throughout games, but he just goes missing and then other times gets sloppy, you know, so both of those things together over the course of 90 minutes probably happens you know, way too many times for everybody involved. Yeah. But again, look, I mean, it's not as if Ireland have better players waiting to come in than Jeff Hendrick. It's just you want so much more from him. Can we? I just before we do go, I just want to say, in terms of not not no wins in the or under Kenya, Ireland haven't won a game of note in three years now. The last game of note that we won was the way the one in Wales. We beat Gibraltar home and away by scoring three goals. And no matter how much Mick McCarthy wants to talk about that one nil win in Gibraltar, it wasn't it wasn't a feat of, of any sort. It's very uh, windy. That day. <laughs> it, was, it was very windy. Yeah. yeah so we were just saying we before have, uh, you came on the call as well, Gary, that it's over a year since someone who isn't a defender scored a goal for Ireland. Um, <laughs> because the last two was like Shane Duffy and then Matt Doherty. Mm. Again, sorry, that's in a competitive match. We did score yeah. three against New Zealand. But then the one before that was Matt Doherty uh, against was it Switzerland. Um, mentioned it on commentary. Denmark. And then David. before that, the last, or Denmark, sorry, and the last, uh, then was the Denmark equaliser, was it the match before that with that Dave McGoldrick got? He was the no, last that was against Switzerland. No, against Switzerland, yeah. yeah. Switzerland Do- to get the mix Duffy right, scored yeah. against Denmark <laughs> against away, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, that McGoldrick goal against Switzerland was the last goal that wasn't from a defender. And the only other goals since then have been two two goals <laughs> in total. It's not like we scored 15 or anything. Gary, you mentioned the, the Wales game. And it's like, I do think that the early days of the Keane O'Neill era are forgotten about because of how badly it ended. But like, there were some big results, like actual wins away from Dublin, like away to Austria and away to yeah. Cardiff that were like, I think there's a, there can be, I think, Ireland can play well and to like their own strengths. And that's, I think that's kind of just what I'm wondering, like, are, are we ignoring our strengths at set pieces? And uh, I think Ireland had about 25% possession in that game. Away both of them one shot. were on the break, James McLean goals. And like, they're amazing results and we were delighted, but we were absolutely brutal in both games. And I think we got really lucky. And I think we got unlucky today. And that has to have, you know, over the course of three years or, you know, 15 games, you stop talking about luck, but, I really do think after four or five, you know, and I know we're playing lesser opposition than what we're talking about there, and they were amazing results. But I thought we were so lucky to win both of those games. So lucky. Yeah. I remember them well. And I disagree that we were brutal in them, though. We defended really like, those well. Are, but we those are two nothing going forward, I'd say. International sides. Yeah, we... Austria were on their way down, and we didn't realize it at the time. Look at them now. Uh, okay. Uh, like, that's the most David Dunphy comment that Mick has ever come out with. <laughs> I'm sure nearly below us. Nah, no, 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 not the team, not the team. Uh, I, I, know, I just don't just think football, football can't be viewed in binary terms like that. If I, like, if the same people that are giving out loads about Stephen Kenny now, if we got one goal against Slovakia and got one goal in one other game and took two of the chances that we missed and everything went the exact same way, they'd be singing his praises. So you can't judge the team just because the results haven't gone the way and completely disregard everything else that's happened during the game. Well, Mick McCarthy well, on that note again. then, I, think, I don't know. I'm not even getting into that discussion. Mick wasn't too was, bad. Poor, to poor, Mick, to, let's poor be Mick's just, poor Mick's 
just threw out a cliche about it doesn't matter how well you play, you have to win matches. And everybody's jumping down his throat as in no one had ever made a statement like that before in the history of football. And it's literally the one thing everybody says about a manager. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> and it was, oh, it's like the, the triggered, the triggered uh, population we have now on social media and everything straight away just jumping down his throat. So I'm not even getting into that. We're going to go Stop here. Stop defending gonna everybody, Mark. We're here to shake our fists. <laughs> I'm going to leave it a positive note I think that what we've said what we've decided here is that it's still too early to decide what's going on with Irish football maybe we'll never solve Irish football it's maybe been an we issue we've clue. had now for over it's an issue we've had now for over a hundred years who knows <laughs> this World Cup that we're going to win I don't know when it's going to be but it might not be the next one but thank you everybody for getting involved in the comments if you're listening uh, or if you've just tuned in you can listen back to all of this that we put up on our podcast feed soon enough you can find us by searching Balls.ie podcast on all good podcast apps. And until we chat to you again, mind yourself.